listeners. You guys are fantastic. And please don't, do not forget the iTunes reviews if you have not already. You know, five stars, say whatever you want, man. Doesn't matter. It's not for my ego or anything like that. It just helps me uh, move up the charts and uh, bring in new listeners and helps the show grow. I do want to say thank you so much for everybody in the UK who has found this show, you know, found this show entertaining or informative or fun. You know, you guys out there, you know, I don't know how to check iTunes reviews from uh, other countries and whatnot, but, you know, I'm sure they're there. If you haven't already, please do not forget those iTunes reviews. It means so much. Now, today, we have a pretty famous face. Might be one of the more famous people that we've done, but this is a pretty uh, famous actor. I would say these it, the the crimes here took place kind of recently. It wasn't a long time ago, but uh, like I said, he's a pretty famous face. But this is definitely a more interesting tale. Uh, something that I never heard of until I did the research for this episode. Uh, today we talk about an actor with 52 credits to his name, and that includes the movie The Replacement. The re- sorry, The Replacements with Keanu Reeves and Boogie Nights with Mark Wahlberg. Now this character's name, this this famed actor's name is Michael Jace. We're going to get into him right now. Now oddly enough you guys, I did not find very much about this man's uh you know, childhood. He seemed to have started acting pretty early, you know, not as a child, but it, it seems to be that's all there is about this guy online. It's either his, uh, you know, acting credits or whatever, and uh, the crimes. But uh, his name is uh, Michael Andrew Jace. He was born July 13, 1962, in Patterson, New Jersey. He was an active actor from 1992 to 2014. He's six foot two, 212 pounds, so he's a big dude. Uh, he has three kids. And this seems to be just some like some random things that I found out about him just at, through the research. Um, he happened to play high school basketball and baseball in Hackensack, New Jersey, which I'd imagine that's pretty close to where he grew up. Uh, he took up acting in college when he saw his girlfriend at the time uh, rehearsing for a play, and he thought it looked easy. He actually studied with a classic stage company in New York City. That's the actual name of the company, Classic Stage Company. He made his uh, film debut as a Black Panther in Forrest Gump, and we'll talk more about that soon. Uh, He's portrayed many athletes, though, including boxer Mitch Green in the movie Tyson. Uh, The title character in the TV movie Michael Jordan, an American hero in 99, and a football player in The Replacements. So he's steady playing athletes. Of course, you know, he's he's a large large guy, 6'2", 212. Uh, his character, you know, he's uh, participated in he participated in the HD Buttercup inaugural celebrity treasure hunt for charity and Cinco de Mayo in 2005. So of course he's been around, but you know I don't know how many of you guys have actually heard of him. You might actually know him more because of the crimes, and that's kind of how I feel. I I knew of the show that he was really popular for being in. It was a big time show. He he's also had a lot of great roles in in films, and we're going to talk about all of that right now. Uh, because there's not much, guys. There's, I, I literally looked everywhere. To, I looked everywhere trying to find something about this man's uh, early life, his his growing up, or whatever. Like you know, whether or not we could say something about his childhood that could have, you know, initiated these crimes happening. You know, obviously we can't blame them on anything but this this guy himself. But maybe there was some sort of tr- tragic things that happened as he was growing up that made him this way. Can't find it. 
I'm sorry about that, guys, but we are going to talk more in-depth about this man's uh, actual film credits, and there's a lot, guys. Like I said at the top of the show, 52 credits to this man's name, and I promise there's going to be something that you most definitely have heard of. Let's get into his film career right now. Michael Jace actually began acting uh, professionally in 1992. Uh, he was appearing in an episode of Law and Order. You guys can tell that that's kind of the colors and theme of this this show's logo. Very much, very much like Law and Order, right? Just made sense to me. Uh, in 1994, though, he appeared in several TV shows like uh, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, and films like Clear and Present Danger with uh, Harrison Ford. He also appeared in the hit film Forrest Gump. What? The hit film Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks? This guy was acting with Tom Hanks and he's on my show? He's in the show right now? Wonder why? He was very famous, obviously. And in Forrest Gump, he actually played the Black Panthers member. So pretty prevalent career. Prevalence a word, right? I don't know. It felt like it fit. <laughs> Uh, Jace's other film appearances include uh, Strange Days. He was playing a bodyguard uh, to corrupt record executive. Uh, he was in The Replacements, like I said, with Keanu Reeves. He played a prison inmate turned football player. So as you can see, he already has some experience wearing the, the prison uniform, if you will. Uh, he was also in Boogie Nights, playing Jerome. He was in The Great White Hype. He was antagonist Marvin Shabazz. He was also in The Fan. And the fan stars uh, Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. It's a pretty fucking intense movie. I always actually like playing... Uh, I always like seeing Robert De Niro as the bad guy, but not... I mean, he's obviously good in Godfather and, you know, uh, Goodfellas and stuff like that. But I'm I'm saying, like, where he's, like, like I said uh, earlier, an antagonist, but he's very sneaky. Taxi driver, like, where it's, like, I don't know where he's crazy. I mean, I, I would say he probably plays crazy in uh, the, the gangster films as well. I'm just saying, overall, he, I don't know, he's fantastic. <laughs> but playing in the fan, he's a, you know, he's an obsessive fan. He uh, Wesley Snipes is obviously the baseball player. And I don't know why I said obviously, but obviously he looks more athletic than Robert De Niro. That's my only <laughs> reason for that. But point being is Robert De Niro is a huge fan of Wesley Snipes' character, who is the baseball player, and that leads to you know, someone being kidnapped and all that good shit. It's a good-ass movie. But in the fan, he, uh, Michael Jace, who we're talking about, is playing an arrogant ticket scalper. So he's just somebody trying to sell the tickets outside the stadium. And I'm pretty sure it's a pretty uh, big scene in the film. You'll have to check that out. It's called The Fan, like I said. And he was also in uh, Tim Burton's remake of Planet of the Apes, playing uh, Major Frank Santos. So that's pretty weird. For one one reason for me is because I didn't know Tim Burton made the remake for Planet of the Apes. What? I didn't know that. How? What? That's weird. I love I love films, and yet I didn't know that. How crazy! Aside from his appearances in film, Jace really did a lot of uh, TV work. He was all over the place. Michael Jace was all over the place. Like I said, starting out in 1992 in Law and Order, and I think most of us know Law and Order has been around for uh, what t two decades. At least, I would say it's uh, it's the longest. I think it is the longest running crime drama in TV history, right? I mean, there's a bunch of them. They've had many spinoffs, and they've all been successful. But I'm just saying the specific Law and Order, you know, back to Jerry Orbach and all that good stuff. That one had been around forever. 
1995, Michael Jace appeared in the HBO TV movie Tyson, which is about Michael T- Michael Tyson. That's weird. I don't think anybody's ever called him that. Michael Tyson. No, uh, Mike Tyson, the famous boxer. But uh, he plays uh, Mitch Green, who I believe is another famous boxer that uh, Mike Tyson knocked out. Not sure. Don't quote me on it, but I'm, I, I would say that makes the most sense. He also appeared in Cold Case. And in 1999, Fox TV movie Michael Jordan, an American hero. And guess who Michael Jace played? Michael Jordan. Yep, that's right. He got to play the great Michael Jordan. How crazy is that? That's bizarre to me, just because the acting credentials to play somebody who is a real person in a film is that much more difficult. You see it all the time where, you know, the real popular actors get the Oscar nominee nomination simply because they're playing a real character, a real person in real life in a film, and they do it to a T. Does that make sense? You know, a lot of the famous actors that have done that have got, for instance, The Wolf on Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's based off of a real guy, and I believe that was the first time that he actually won any awards. Or no, actually, I think it was uh, The the Revenant. I don't know. I'm messing myself up. We're getting off track here. Sorry, guys. Okay, in 2002, Jace was cast as Officer Julian Lowe on FX's hit show, The Shield. Now, that's the biggest show I, I would imagine that he has even been on. And he played in this show for a lot of years, guys. Jace was a part of the main cast and appeared in 89 episodes through all seven seasons. His character started as a rookie cop that had an internal conflicts between his belief and the teachings of the Bible and his homosexuality. So he was, you know, a Christian who was battling with his homosexuality. The Shield was a really popular show. I think you guys, most of the listeners probably have heard of it. If you have not heard of it, man, check it out. It is definitely worth a watch, but it is really up to you because you're going to be watching a show that features a guy who has done some pretty bad things. Is that, you know, should we take anything away from the other people in the show? No, but still a good show nonetheless. Definitely worth checking out because I know it did really, really well, and I feel like it was different than a lot of these shows. It kind of brought back the old school... um, I forget what it was, something blues, NYPD blues, the, I don't know, it was raw, to say the least, it was very raw, definitely check it out, like I said, um, after his role in The Shield, though, Michael Jace appeared uncredited in State of Play with Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe, right, big shout out to Russell Crowe, you know, uh, seeing that this guy was playing alongside Russell Crowe, uh, I actually have a friend who has a friend, Who actually was a, who actually played alongside Russell Crowe and Jennifer uh, Connelly in the film Noah by Darren Aronofsky? So you could imagine like that, just that small connection. Like I don't think I've even talked to the guy, but I do know that him and his brother were definitely in that film. And just seeing that they've they were able to work alongside such high caliber actors, that's awesome to me. So seeing you know seeing him work alongside Russell Crowe, uh, Harrison Ford. You know, uh, Tom Hanks, all of those guys. That's a that's a that's amazing credits. Now, I would imagine if you look at this whole story, he would probably do be doing really really well right now if it wasn't for the situation he put himself in, right? You know, but that's the thing. I, I have this weird um, interest when I when I'm just driving around and I'm seeing all these wonderful beautiful houses and just homes and stuff like that, and you can't help but to be curious what is going on inside that house, what is going on inside there. What do they like? What do they do on a day-to-day basis? You know, every single one of them. Mother, father, brother, sister, doesn't matter. All the people in the house, what do they do? 
it's just a curious thing and i think that goes without saying for everybody you know just knowing about the human condition and human nature and who people are you can't help but to be curious what's going on inside there and that kind of goes without being said when it comes to celebrities you know that's a house that you never see in never right it's such a rare occasion to ever see inside that house that's what where podcasting comes in and becomes such a huge thing for people like celebrities because you can ultimately see how they are as regular human beings and they're not playing a character they're just talking into a microphone right so you see these guys doing great works and working with amazing people and then you find out that there's some really terrible things going on behind their closed doors at their house that's crazy because you know who's not to say that that's not at least half of the people in Hollywood and the way that their household is. We see them put on their smiling faces and beautiful clothes in front of the camera and the spotlight, but what's going on behind closed doors when nobody else is watching? That's the curiosity, right? That That's where I think that we all draw that intense uh, feeling of like, oh, I want to I, I wanna know more about this crime or this criminal or this serial killer because that's it, that you're seeing inside of closed doors with the worst possible things and it's being almost shoved in your face. There's a lot of that. They really want to make a public a huge deal out of bad people, I guess you'd say, the negative stuff, and I, I think that's what we're doing here in that sense, but I'm I'm, sh- I'm shedding a light on the people that we are giving our money to, you know, you're not giving your money to Charles Manson, even though he's already gone, you're not giving your money to those guys, you're giving it to the people that made the films about them and stuff, here, you're, you, you'd actually be, you know, ultimately giving them money, royalties, right, for watching their films, and, you know, buying their posters, and signed autograph merchandise, whatever, I'm just saying we don't have to stop doing that. I'm just letting you guys know that don't forget, even if you're a huge fan of Michael Jace, he, he's not you know, he's not the best guy. And we're gonna talk about that more soon. But like I said, he has done a lot of stuff. Because even from uh, two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen he had a small recurring role in the show uh, Southland, which is another uh, cop based show. And, you know, you can only imagine he's a very athletic look. Of course, he's going to play the the, the likes of, you know, Marvin Green and Michael Jordan. You're going to put him in there as stereotypical criminal and have have him in cop shows. I mean, look, he's already done, what, The Shield playing a cop. He's been athlete many times over. He's been in, what, two other law shows being Law & Order and uh, Southland. So three different times. I mean, that's what's always been curious to me, too, is about people that are film actors not TV actors or vice versa. You know, they tend to do more work because I, it's weird because I do like TV shows a lot more now than I do films because I like a consistency. I like uh, to watch something that is progressive, you know, like Maniac, for instance, the new show on Netflix. There's a consistent go to it. You know, you watch one episode and you're like, oh, what's going on in the next episode? But it's as long as a movie for one episode. That's amazing because you get a lot more story. So it's more interesting. But seeing that, you know, there's versatility in being a film actor and TV actor these days in comparison to back then when if somebody was acting in TV, there was a rare chance that you would see them make an appearance in a film and vice versa. You know, if somebody was a, a you know, you're not going to see Leonardo DiCaprio go and play in a, you know, married with children back then. Maybe. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I'm confusing myself a little bit here, but you get my point. It's like now it's more common to see somebody who is a, a huge star in film come over to TV and make an amazing show, i.e. Drew Barrymore. You know, she's a famous actress, and she Santa Clarita Diet is phenomenal. Great work outside of film. Funnier work, honestly, and it's a consistent thing to it. People like that. And I, the one thing that's making TV a little bit more accessible, or TV series a little bit more interesting, is the fact that there is no commercials, and it's like Netflix. 
the whole Netflix thing where it's like, oh, no commercial. This shit keeps going. The story keeps growing, and it's amazing. And like I said, the story's going to keep growing, guys, because we're going to go down a whole list of all his filmography right after this. Hello, come right in. I will. Guys, 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 you are already listening to a fantastic podcast. So why not check out the It's Always Funny in Philadelphia podcast as well, hosted by me. Even if you're not a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the TV show, or you've never even heard of it, you will still enjoy this podcast fully, because It's Always Funny in Philly takes a deep, in-depth look at each and every episode. So tune in on your favorite podcast player today. That's Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, if that's what they're calling it these days. So tune in today, and now... Back to your regular scheduled programming. Jesus, Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! My life is a lie! My life is a lie! Okay, so his first acting credit, like I said, is Law and Order. He played Otis Cook in one episode in 1992. Right after that, in 1993, he was Sergeant at Arms in one episode in 94, so I guess not right after that. These are his credits in order, though, guys. Uh, then Star Trek Deep uh, Space Nine in 1994, he played the first officer. Uh, then he was in L.A. Law in 94, he played a male officer. Then in 94, he hit Forrest Gump, bada boom, and Clear and Present Danger, so he's killing it in 94. Uh, Chicago Hope also in 94, he played in one episode. Then 95, he was in Under One Roof, which I'm not sure what that is, it sounds like a soap opera. Then, of course, uh, the 95, 1995 film Tyson, where he plays Mitch Green. Then, 95, he was in Strange Days. 96, The Great White Hype as Marvin Shabazz. Uh, 96, he was in The Fan. Also, in 96, he was in the television show Nash Bridges. Oh, boy. You guys remember that. Also, in 96, he was uh, in the video game Maximum Surge as Stark. Also in 96, he played Jerome Griffin in Dangerous Minds, which was a TV series. He was in two episodes of ER in 1997 as Bill Nelson. Uh, in 97, he played in Boogie Nights alongside uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, also in 97, he was Detective Jefferson in Bombshell. Which I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> Probably nothing. Uh, 1998, he was Captain Greg Wilner in uh, Pensacola. Wings of Gold, whatever that is. I have no idea. Um, he was in Kings, a 1998 short as Dane Washington. He was in the show Arliss in 98. He, he was in two episodes as Dwayne Troy. He was in Thickest Thieves with um, Alec Baldwin in 99 as Malcolm. Uh, in Also in 99, he was in Ryan Caulfield, Year One, which is a TV series. I'm not sure. Um, 99 was when that movie Michael Jordan, an American Hero, comes out, and he, of course, was the main actor, he played Michael Jordan, uh, L.A. Doctors in 99, he was Mr. Sims, Any Day Now, he was in one episode, then in 2000, he was, uh, Wilkinson, in the movie starring Keanu Reeves, and, I don't know if I said that weird, Gene Hackman, <laughs> in which I just gotta say, that's a phenomenal film, I really like that movie, I always like a good comeback story, but I feel like it got to the point in sports movies, where it's like, ah, the good guys always win, you know, until Friday Night Lights came out, and then it changed the whole game. Of course, he was in Planet of the Apes in 2001 as Major Frank Santos, which we already mentioned. 
Uh, he was actually in the show NYB NYPD Blue, which I had mentioned earlier. From 93 to 2001, he was in two episodes as Vernon McGee. And then Vernon Shore, that's really weird, change his name. Uh, he was in Murder, She Wrote, The Last Free Man, uh, 2001 TV movie as Samuel Pinky. Pinkney, that's weird. Uh, 2002, he was in Scorcher. In 2002, uh, Mr. Rhymes in Judging Amy. He played uh, Odeon in 2003's film Cradle to the Grave with uh, DMX and Jet Li, which, also gotta say, that's up there. Like, I fucking miss DMX a lot. DMX was a fantastic rapper, turned actor, and he was probably one of the better ones, you know? 50 Cent does a pretty good job, but come on. DMX is just the scarier looking guy. Too bad for him. Uh, in 2005, he was in Fair Game as E. 2006, he was in Gridiron Gang. Uh, he played Mr. Jones in Gridiron Gang. If you don't know what that is, it stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and it is a football film. Uh, he was in Cold Case, played Andre Tibbs. The Shield as Officer Julian Lowe, 2007, the video game. Self, ha uh, Self Harbor, 2007 video film. He played Jeff. In 2007, Bats, uh, the Bats film, uh, Human Harvest. is a TV movie. played Martinez. And then, of course, from 2002 to 2008, he was Julian Lowe in the FX TV series The Shield. Uh, 2009, in the film uh, State of Play, alongside Russell Crowe, he played Officer Brown. In the 2009 video game, he was the voice of Lieutenant Dylan Scott. Uh, Real Heroes Firefighter is the game. He was also uh, Malcolm Senna in a 2010 episode of Rizzoli and Isles. He was also in two episodes of uh, Crime Scene Investigation series. Uh, Security Director is who he was in 2010. He was also in Burn Notice as Jeff Taylor in 2010. The Mentalist in 2011, Private Practice in 2011, Nikita 2011, and Division 3, Football's Finest, Roy Goodwin is who he played in 2011, and that's an Andy Dick film. Phenomenal Andy Dick film, I actually really like this film. It's B-rated, of course, you know, it's a B film, but it is still Andy Dick, guys, still super funny, really good film, but if you're not gonna, you don't want to support these, uh, the bad guys, you can always support these other guys by, you know, being a part of, uh, watching these, uh, cult classics. Also, the, his final, his final acting credit comes from Southland, the 2009 TV series, in which, uh, from 2009 to 2013, in four episodes, he played Terrell. Now, just to clarify as to what Southland was, because I wasn't sure, you know, if it was just about cops or anything, Southland is a TV series that ran from 2009 to 2013, 42-minute episodes, it's crime and drama. The synopsis for the film says, The lives of police officers working for the LAPD. So there you go, exactly what I said. Crazy, right? I don't think it, it did not even last that long. What, five years there, too? Four years? Still. So that's a lot of uh, acting credits for just this one guy. Seems to be like he's done. he did the most work before ultimately falling off, and fall off hard, he did, trust me, and you guys are going to find that out very soon, but uh, I just want to say, I'm sorry that I don't have more <laughs> about his childhood, or, you know, him growing up, it, you can just see, he was, he was acting all the time, from, you know, 1990 till 2014, so that's a lot of years of acting, a lot of years of acting up until the point where bad stuff happened, and as I said, bad stuff was probably happening behind his closed doors for a lot longer than that. 
And we're gonna we're gonna find out right now, right now, with his crimes. Hold on tight. Michael Andrew Jace, who's most known for playing a cop in the FX TV series The Shield, was sentenced to 40 years in prison for the murder of his wife. Jace, who was 53 at the time, was found guilty of shooting his wife to death in their Los Angeles home in front of the couple's two young children. The actor was upset April Jace wanted a divorce. He was obsessed with the belief that she was seeing someone else. Jay shot his wife once in the back after she arrived at the house on May 19th, 2014. He then shot her two more times in the legs in front of their sons, who at the time were eight and five. Jace then called 911 and reported the shooting to the police. His father-in-law, which is April's, April Jace's father, also called 911 as he drove to the daughter's home because he received a message, and I quote, that said, uh, my son-in-law, he says, uh, my son-in-law called me and texted me and said, come get the kids because he shot April, our daughter. End quote. This was not the first time that this domestic abuse happened. It wasn't the actor's first experience with domestic abuse, according to everybody around him. A woman described as a close friend of Jace's first wife said in a, in a sworn statement that she witnessed Jace battering his then wife in 1997. So this is a whole, this is his second wife. Second wife here, April Jace is her name. Now this all comes from CNN.com. The statement that was from this woman um, was recorded in Jace's 2005 custody case concerning his son with first wife Jennifer Bitterman quoted as Jace uh, choked and hit his wife and then slammed her against the wall while their infant son screamed in his crib next to her. The woman who said this is Maria de la Vegas and she said that in swart, uh, sworn court declaration that was obtained by CNN. Now after the divorce between uh, Michael Jace and Bitterman, Jace married uh, April in June of 2003. He later uh, suffered financial difficulties, declaring Chapter 13 bankruptcy in March 2011, according to court records. He cited $500,000 in debts and an annual income of about $80,000 from residuals from his TV and film work. He had also defaulted on $411,000 mortgage on the home where he shot his wife, the document said. April Jace had actually worked as a financial aid counselor at Biola University, which is a private school in La Mirada. La Mirada, I don't know how to say this, La Merida, I guess, California. It's quoted as saying, uh, April's radiant personality brought great energy to the financial aid office. He is also quoted as saying, her love for helping students and families and her great work, work ethic earned the respect and love of her co-workers. Her smiling face and helpful spirit will be missed by all. This is weird because I honestly thought, you know, I had this kind of, I felt like he had a reputation for playing a bad guy in films, but apparently he's played a lot of good guys according to this article. It says uh, the FX police drama The Shield provided the biggest and longest running role in Jace's 22-year acting career, so he's been acting, like I said, for a long, long time. Uh, he appeared in 89 episodes as Julian Lowe, who started as a rookie officer in his inner city police precinct in 2002 and rose through the ranks to become a detective before the series ended in 2008. Jace often played he did often play a law enforcement or military officer on television. He acted in several episodes of Southland, another TV drama about LAPD. Uh, he had a title role in the Michael Jordan film. 
as we had mentioned earlier. Jace was actually arrested by the LAPD on the evening of May 19, 2014 at his Hyde Park, South Los Angeles home following a domestic violence report, as well as Jace's own 911 call, in which he stated, and I quote, I shot my wife, end quote. Uh, when police arrived, they found Jace's wife, April, dead from gunshot wounds. After being questioned by police regarding his wife's death, Jace, Michael Jace, confessed to the shooting uh, on March, on May 20th, sorry, uh, 2014 at approximately 2.30 a.m., Jace was arrested and booked for the murder of his wife. On May 22nd, 2014, he was formally charged with the murder by Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office, and on May 31st, 2016, Jace was found guilty of second-degree murder. Notably, the LAPD was able to crack the password protect, uh, protected security on April's iPhone, which obviously led to some uh, very harassing messages. Now, I, I will get to those messages here very soon. On June 10th, 2016, he was finally sentenced to 40 years to life in prison. He is currently incarcerated at the California State Prison at Cent uh, Sentinella in Imperial County. So he is currently locked up serving 40 years for the murder of his wife. So really it kind of just begs the question of the effect of the children, man. I don't want to imagine what that would be like to be, you know, five and eight years old and see your father murder your mother in any fashion in front of you, let alone shoot her in her legs and the back. She clearly had to have been suffering. I don't think she died instantly by any means. And of course those kids had to sit there and, you know, bear witness to this shit. And it's kind of weird that uh, I'm surprised maybe in the trial that the kids did not testify. I mean, he did confess to it. Maybe that was his ultimate goal to keep them uh, off the stand. But, you know, they will put your kids up there, man. They will have your kids testify against you. It has happened before, you know, many times in history where the child, the surviving, I guess, child or survivor or whatever that is of young age happens to have evidence and they will talk and they will be able to put together some sort of uh, verifiable story that only they would know but yeah it is crazy i can only imagine like i said the effects what what's going on with these kids now how are they reacting how what happened afterwards been many years uh, it's not even really been that long since then they can't even be that old this happened in 2014 you got to figure one kid's only what 14 11 old enough probably probably to remember a little bit more to uh, recount some of the things that actually happened but do you want them to fuck no you definitely do not want them to recall uh, these horrific events. I would I would imagine that if it was myself in that particular position, I would do everything I could to forget. But at the same time, like that was your mom, and that was her last moments. You know, the last time you saw her alive, you're gonna remember remember a lot of things about that day in particular. It's gonna be stuck. It's gonna be burned into your memory. Chances are, it ruined these kids. I can't imagine good things happen for them, even just having his his name by any means. You know, nothing good's gonna come from that. It's got to be a pretty unique last name in itself, being Jace, J-A-C-E. Very strange. I'm very curious. But uh, let's get into these uh, messages in this phone call and see what uh, see what kind of information we got there, guys. See what he actually was saying. See if there was some uh, premeditation for this because they got him for second degree, which means there, was, they, there wasn't enough evidence to get him for first degree, which shows premeditation. So yes, of course, uh, the prosecutor uh, in this case actually did cite uh, his 10-year-old son, Michael Jace's 10-year-old son here, who said, and I quote, um, Michael Jace saying to uh, April Jace, and I quote, if you like running, then run to heaven. 
That's what he said to the wife, and uh, she argued, who was not going to say that this is intent to kill, because of course they're trying to get first degree, first degree murder, not second, which he ultimately was convicted of. For, uh, convicted of. Um, however, prosecutors were trying to oversell their case, Hicks said, uh, which was the defendant, the defending attorney. He snapped, is what the attorney said, and he said, if you find that there was something that provoked this man and it created some kind of passion in him, that's manslaughter. The prosecutor then urged the panel of six men and six women to reject that argument, telling jurors that Jace fired a revolver that required him to pull a heavy trigger multiple times. And uh, the prosecutor's quoted as saying, I don't know how you can shoot somebody three times and call it an accident. Michael Jace, who has played all the 52 credits to his name, said many things to her, like I said. Uh, but April Jace told her husband that she wanted a divorce earlier that day. The couple ended up arguing about it, and she ended up leaving. And... There was a quote where she, in her phone, that she had sent him a text message that said, uh, and I quote, I don't want you throwing things and breaking things and screaming lies to the boys. That's what she wrote to her husband, and then she said, uh, I am afraid to come home. Uh, April Jace was killed moments after returning home from a youth baseball game. Text messages presented during trial showed Michael Jace told, had told his wife he had left their home, but instead he was waiting there with a loaded handgun. So he basically pretended, hey, you know, go ahead and come on home, honey. I'm not even there. It's fine. And he's quoted as saying he was just angry. He told investigators, according to a transcript released around this time, he said all he intended to do was to shoot her in the leg. And then he shot her in the leg, and that was it. He gave a lengthy interview to the police and uh, also called his wife's stepbrother, explaining his actions. Uh, if convicted, you know, obviously he was convicted of 40 years. He was facing up to 50 years and probably life. He said that he ended up firing a gun at her after she had lunged at him and all of that good stuff to try and make him not look like a bad person. But it's clear that people before this, people before this incident happened were saying, hey, something's going to happen. Uh, some things have happened with the previous wife. You know, and then also the fact that the kids are there, that's also crazy. Just to think that he would do that with the kids being there, it just showed that he didn't really have any remorse. He was not going to, it was going to happen regardless. He didn't even try to pull her off to another room or anything like that. It was, uh, it was a show, and he did it right in front of them. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Like I said, this dude's been around forever. He's worked with so many f fantastic actors. You know, Tom Hanks, Russell Crowe, Harrison Ford, all those dudes, man. And he goes and blows it all away. And apparently he was facing financial troubles at a certain point in 2011 before this all happened. Which that seems odd to me because he was doing Southland from 2009 to 2014. So how is he in financial ruin? What else was going on behind those closed doors as I mentioned earlier? What was going on where he was somehow not able to pay his bills falling into financial ruin? How does that happen when you're an actor? You're making good money. You're on TV making plenty of money because he's not even an extra or anything like that he's a main actor in this show and you're not make you're telling me you're not making enough money to maintain some sort of stability for your family ah, that's crazy and then to take it out on your wife when he he was saying that he had intended to shoot himself he really had plans to commit suicide but because he couldn't do it he had to take it out on on his wife some for some reason and just like the prosecutor said i don't see how you can pull the trigger on this revolver three times and tell me that it's an accident shooter and shooter in the legs and the back that's three different shots from this you know heavy-duty revolver that's excessive that's premeditation and that's premeditation to be sitting there and then to also say hey honey come on home I'm not there anymore
that's premeditation when you're sitting there with a the handgun. You lied. You set her up to come home and be killed. That, that to me, is premeditation. Guys, that's Michael Jace. That is Michael Andrew Jace, the S.H.I.E.L.D. actor, the one-time S.H.I.E.L.D. actor, you know, Forrest Gump, all that stuff. The guy has been around acting for a long time. And this was a really interesting case because, like I said, I really couldn't find much about him as a person. I found more about his acting credentials and this case. And even then, this case is still very weird because, yes, the man got 40 years, but what was going on that ultimately led up to this aside from his general domestic abuse? How did he get in such financial ruin? It just seems like an impossible thing, right? When you're on the outside looking in at celebrities, you ultimately think that these guys are making so much money that it doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. They shouldn't have a problem with their, you know, paying their bills for their mansion or keeping up with their financials at all because they are getting a, a ridiculous income. Apparently that's not true. Obviously, that's not the case because many of them go through lots of divorce and stuff like that, and that costs a lot of money, and then they just make ridiculous financial purchases, and they ultimately set themselves up for financial ruin. But this whole situation is is one of those that's like it, uncalled for shit. Why would, why would that be your answer to your situation? You just ruined two young boys' lives forever. They're never going to be the same. If he was 10 years old and had to go up and give a testimony about his own father planning to kill his mom... You know he's ruined. He's ruined forever. For the for as long as we can think, right? And that's the saddest part of this whole story. I mean, of course, it's sad, you know, that he had to kill his wife. And, you know, my heart goes out to April Jace, as, of course, but those kids have to live with the fact that he, without no mom, they don't have a mother now, they definitely don't have a father, you know, he's in prison for the rest of their lives. It's It's crazy. People don't think about how much it really affects everybody around them, and not just that singular person. Everybody else is going to be aff affected. Any kind of homicide, or something where a person's life is being taken, you have to look at everybody that is being affected, you know, it's affecting everybody. But either way, guys, that is Michael Andrew Jace. Like I said, the, the one-time amazing actor working alongside even um, even more amazing actors. And, you know, he blew it all away. Did some fucking terrible things. Ruined his own kids' lives. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by Night Owl Entertainment.
Each episode is produced, edited, and promoted by Patrick Michael. A big thanks to all the supporters on Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, as well as a five-star review. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash podculture. That's patreon.com slash p-o-d-c-u-l-t-u-r-e, or simply tell a friend about the show. This free entertainment is for all to enjoy, and I hope you've enjoyed. Thanks again to everyone who has listened, downloaded, or shared the shows. Until next time, peace, love, and harmony. Night Owl Entertainment is a podcast network featuring all genres of podcasting from comedy, movie reviews, to true crime and sports.